It's Jesse. If you're hearing this, that means my limited edition capsule collection for Joe Fresh is out now. <laughs> In select stores and at joefresh.com, I designed matching pieces for the entire family in a really fun, bold checkerboard print, including a baby romper, toddler and kids dress, a kids t-shirt and short set, a shirt for men, and the cutest women's linen short set that you will live in all summer long. Every piece is under $35 and warning, you will get compliments wherever you go. Shop it now before it's gone. This week on Phone a Friend. It's our first annual celebrity Halloween costume contest that no one knew they entered. My nipples are hard thinking about Kim Kardashian. I honor Matthew Perry and the personal connection we had that I've never shared until now. And The Bachelor's most notorious villain, Courtney Robertson, answers my 28 seasons worth of behind-the-scenes Bachelor questions, and she doesn't hold back. I never asked him if he used protection with anybody else, but I'm guessing no. It just wasn't even a topic of conversation. Clip in your extensions, pack on your bronzer, and slip into your sequin gowns to accept my final rose. Now! Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Girl, let's phone a friend with Jesse. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Phone a Friend. I'm Jesse Crookshank. I'm a little hungover. I'm a little, I'm like, we're recording the morning after Halloween night. It's like literally 8 a.m. Jason, my producer. Good morning. Do you have a headache from alcohol consumption or screaming children and or wearing a wig for six hours? <laughs> None of the above. None of the above. I had a very boring Halloween. <gasps> What did you do? Watched American Horror Stories. <laughs> Judge celebrity Halloween costumes for our first annual contest. Yes. Coming exactly. up in mere moments. Okay. Well, as you know, I like to go big on Halloween. Yeah. I feel like 
Halloween is literally my only life skill. Like, remember I talked about on this show, I said I have no tangible skills. I do have one. I'm going to take that back. My skill is Halloween. I am good at Halloween. This year, our family costume was in sync, reunited at the VMAs. So good. Thank you. And I'm going to clarify... We were not just in Timberlake featuring in sync, okay? We were in sync as it should be. So I had the idea and the costumes, I want to clarify it, like weeks before Justin Timberlake was canceled again last week. So my apologies, I, like if I offended you, mostly I'd like to apologize to my six-year-old son, Dre, who was dressed as the disgraced JT. Oh. <laughs> Thankfully, Dre has not read Britney's memoir yet. You know, once he makes his way through the Berenstain Bears collection, that will be next. Right. That will be next. Yeah. <laughs> How did you decide who was going to be who? How did we cast it? Well, I mean, I should say this. People are like, how did you get your kids to wear that? Whenever I do a family costume, I always try to make it fun. I'm never going to, like, stage mom my kids into a beard and a wig. Like, I want them to enjoy it and feel ownership over it, even if they don't know who the hell J.C. Chazay is, you know? Did you have to explain that to them? Like, were they like, why am I wearing this, like, these weird sunglasses? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, well, the two-year-old, no. You're, you're like, just put on the sunglasses and you can have a Skittle. But the boys, yes, I really started to indoctrinate them into the InSync universe, like, about a week ago, we started to listen to Better Place. I said last week to our guest that, like, I've listened to it once and that's it. But as of last week, I think I've listened to it 10,000 times. Like, heavy rotation. My boys now know every word. It's, like, their favorite current song. So to them, we were the band from Trolls 3. Oh, great. Yeah, that's easy. It's like so offensive, so offensive to InSync and InSync fans worldwide. But to my six-year-olds, we were the band singing the new song from Trolls 3. But when I showed them the pictures of InSync at the VMAs and said, like, who do you want to be? Dre said, quote, who's the main one? And I said, him. And he said, I want to be him. And I was like, wow, Dre has big leading man energy in this family. So that made sense. And then Rio has big character actor energy. Rio is like the Steve Buscemi of our family. So immediately he pointed at Chris Kirkpatrick's chin goatee and was like, (gasps) if I'm him, can I have that beard? And I said, yes. And he was all in. (laughs) So excited about, they were actually all very excited to have beards like dad. That was like, they were really into the beards. And then Romy's casting as J.C. Chazay was a no-brainer due to her stringy long hair. I feel like I actually like worked the entire costume just around Romy's stringy um, toddler hair, which is, let's be honest, identical to J.C. Chazay's. Also, I have mentioned that Evan, unfortunately, does resemble Joey Fatone, so that worked out. And then by default, mainly because no one wanted to wear a wig, I was bestowed the honor of being Lance Bass for the evening. Bronzed, purple-haired, mascara'd Lance Bass. And I feel like that really worked out for me. Yeah. I mean, he's the freshest. 
He's the freshest. As, we, as we've discussed, <laughs> he's preserved the best. He really has. And, like, of course, my boys got to be whatever the hell they wanted for Halloween. And they love more than anything to be an inanimate object. So this year, because they're really into comic books, they wanted to be physical comic books, which I then had to create, like, painstakingly by hand. Um, but, you know, they look cute, even if they could barely walk. And we went hard. Last night, our our neighborhood is like, if you Google where to trick-or-treat in LA, our neighborhood is number one. There's like three LA neighborhoods that goes so big for Halloween. People drive in from all over the city to trick-or-treat there. We get hundreds of trick-or-treat, if not like maybe a thousand trick-or-treaters throughout the night. It's bananas. Most families will like make a party and play music and give out jello shots or like white claws and beers to the adults. It's like a pub crawl, but with little kids in costumes. I was doing jello shots and like drinking beer and hard seltzers. (laughs) Oh, I took down three white claws last night. Like it's a full rager in the neighborhood. And at Peak Halloween, like 7.45 p.m., the sidewalks are so packed, it's like Disneyland. Like, mobs of kids and drunk parents. And I gotta say, like, it probably sounds like your worst nightmare. Yeah, I mean, the crowd of it Yeah, all? the children and the crowd of it all. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I say that, that. it's, yeah. no, please, Jason, that, come on, come on. I just feel like I have this insatiable zest for life, and Halloween for me is one of my favorite nights. I cannot think of a better place, if I'm being honest, to be on Halloween night than in, like, a crazy, crowded neighborhood with two white claws and three small children in costumes. Like, it was a (laughs) peak night for me. I love that for you. Thank you so much. I'm gonna make you kiss the sky tonight. Can I just tell you, Jason, the best piece of songwriting in that song is... I'm so excited to see you excited. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't taken that song in much. Well, there's a lot to take in. Like you, I just listened to it once, but I need to revisit. When you rhyme excited with excited, I mean, you can have to sit down with that one. Pour yourself a glass of wine and really just indulge in the lyricism. I got really into Fifth Harmony last week after... I'm so thrilled for you! After our throwback. Oh, that's that's all I want. If if All I want. And like for you, obviously, and for our phonies as well, if we can leave them with, you know, a week week's worth of Kesha's praying or a week's worth of work from home. Like, that's all I hope to bestow on our listeners. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, some of my favorite family memories are, like, Halloween, trick-or-treating. That's nice. Ready. We didn't go to the pumpkin patch, but we dressed up. Do you remember any of your costumes? Oh, for sure. But my parents, like, were always very supportive of letting me pick whatever I wanted to be. Okay. Um. So that was always, like, a family event putting it together yeah i wasn't like anything clever like um an instinct reunion it was very like witch (laughs) ghost robot you weren't an instinct reunion in (laughs) ottawa in in 1998 okay witch ghost gotcha Gotcha. Yeah. No, I was always like a brick wall. One time I was a goldfish. Like I was always a wacky costume. And as a result, I force it upon my children. Although this year, Romy straight up refused my creative costume idea I had for her, like would not put it on. And two days ago, I had to order a Maui from Moana costume at her request. Not Moana, 
Maui uh, as portrayed by The Rock. Uh, my two-year-old wanted to be Maui. And for me, it was my first off-the-rack costume. I felt a lot of shame, but she experienced so much joy that it was worth it. Okay, good. And because I feel like I am a seasoned Halloween costume professional, Jason, like I have earned my right to judge other people's Halloween costumes, specifically celebrity Halloween costumes. So should we get to it? Sorry, should we get boo it? <laughs> sorry again. So sorry. It's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah. Okay, we are going to kick things off this week with the inaugural Phone a Friend Celebrity Halloween Costume Contest that no one knew they entered. The Phone a Friend Celebrity Halloween Costume Contest that no one knew they entered. If you wore a costume and you are a famous person, you could win one of these prestigious awards in one of the following prestigious categories. First up, Best Kardashian. So, Jason, the Kardashians, as you know, they go all out for Halloween, which I appreciate. But I felt like I should do a ranking in order from worst to best. Tell me if you agree with this. Okay. Bottom of the list. Kylie and Kendall as Sugar and Spice from the Batman Forever movie? Question mark, question mark? (laughs) Yeah. Like, they did look great, and the costumes really allowed for ample bosom and buttock, but too obscure for me. And I have seen the movie. I don't remember these characters. I've seen the movie. Don't remember them. Had to Google it. Didn't realize Drew Barrymore was played one of them and was in that movie. So Wow. um, Very obscure. Very obscure. Yes, but Drew Barrymore, I mean, who even remembers her before she was an iconic canceled by the Writers Guild talk show host? <gasps> Chloe and Kim's Bratz dolls costume are next. Cute and fun, ballsy in the year of Barbie. But when you think about it, they kind of already look and dress like Bratz dolls, so it wasn't a huge departure for me. I was pretty into Courtney. Courtney used her pregnant vibes to steal Kim's pregnant vibes. And when is Kim pregnant at the Met Gala in 2013 wearing that floral couch print dress? The only thing that it, it just felt a little too easy because she didn't like wrap herself in floral fabric to recreate the look. She just wore the actual look that she borrowed from her sister. <laughs> so that was, I mean, is that even a costume or is that just like asking a favor? That brings us to the winner of our Kardashian category spelt with a K. Drum roll, please. Best Kardashian 2023 is Kim and North as Cher and Dion from Clueless. Love a mother-daughter duo. Their looks were spot on. They even bought a matching 90s Jeep Wrangler just for the Instagram (laughs) pics because, like, that's what you do when you're a billionaire. Like, I bought a purple wig off of Amazon. They bought a literal vintage car. Plus, North's resting I'm 10 and I'm richer than you face really served her well here. So congratulations to them. Wow, wow, wow. That was a good one. Next, I'd like to move on to our second category. The costume I'm sliving for. It goes to... Paris Hilton as Britney in the Toxic video. You saw this. 
Mm -hmm. I just feel like it was flawlessly executed. Felt timely given the book, given her support of Britney in the book and over the years. She even had eight-month-old son, anti-baby bullying icon Phoenix, dressed as a mini pilot next to her. I should have said ahead of her. Too soon? (laughs) Too soon? It's very cute. It's very cute. Also, I just want to say this. I appreciated that Paris took great professional-level photos of her in the costume and then went out in it to a party. I do not support the celebrity Halloween costume professional photo shoot, which is now just what people do. Like, if you just get professionally styled and photographed, that is a photograph. If you wore the look to a party or a carnival or down the streets of your neighborhood and did jello shots, that's a costume. Hmm. Really gets me steamed. Our next costume is the prestigious worst costume. It goes to rapper Offset, who went to a Halloween party and didn't dress up at all. It's just mostly upsetting to me because I feel like it was a missed opportunity to not go as the ghost haunting Cardi B's house that wants to finger pop her in her sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag me boo. Phonies, if you know, you know. Uh, Let's move along to our next category. This is laziest costume. The winner is Justin Bieber. Because while his wife, Haley Bieber, was out here churning out Dozens of different costumes. She dressed up as Rachel Green from Friends. Then she was a sultry Renaissance vampire. She was Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls. She was all the Mean Girls in Mean Girls. Then she was some sort of Matrix-esque leather vixen with a balaclava. Don't know what it was. Basically just a look. She was a sexy Pebbles Flintstone. Finally, she was Carmen Electra from Scary Movie. She had literally 19 costumes this year. Her husband, Justin Bieber, could barely put together one. He went to the Casamigos Halloween party wearing a snorkel and flippers. So, like, I don't even know what this was. A diver? A guy who sprung for the free snorkel trip after sitting through a timeshare presentation? I don't know what the (laughs) branding was there, but flippers at a party on land just seems impractical. Ironically, I did see at least 50 versions of Hailey Bieber in the red dress and Justin Bieber in the Crocs and hoodie costumes, which I appreciated. Uh, yeah, me so too. he could have just gone with that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But congratulations, Justin. Our next category is called Sexy and Smart because women can be both. The winners are Badass Selling Sunset Business Bitches Chelsea, Emma, and Chriselle. Here's why. Because instead of wearing lingerie and calling it a costume like most women in Los Angeles do, they went as Mary Fuck Kill. Which is smart, right, Jay? Uh, it's very clever. So Emma was like a sexy bride for Mary. Chelsea yeah. was a sexy dominatrix for fuck. <laughs> and Chriselle was a sexy dead woman for kill. <laughs> Ultimately, it is just lingerie in public, but with a twist. So congrats. Can't wait for season seven, which comes out this week. Yeah, the, the third. 
Stay tuned for next week's guest, phonies. How's that for a tease? Our next category, best hot couple doing hot costume. The winner is... The very hot and newly engaged Channing Tatum and Zoe Kravitz. Who I think their engagement was revealed because she was wearing her ring at this Halloween party. They went as Rosemary's baby. Channing was the baby in a cute little blue onesie and bonnet. Zoe was Mia Farrow from the movie. It was supposed to be kind of like, I don't know, scary and weird, but they're both so effortlessly attractive that somehow I'm like horny for Channing Tatum dressed as a baby. (laughs) He's what Taylor Swift was talking about. He's the sexy baby. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This is a sidebar, but when I famously went to the Casamigos party years ago and Evan and I dressed as retirees and were mistaken for Sasha Baron Cohen and Isla Fisher, I hung two cantaloupes in nylons around my neck to be like my sagging ample bosom. And at one point on the dance floor, people started to like play with the cantaloupes. And this guy dressed as a cat in a hat was like really into it. He was a great dancer. He was like dancing all around me, like lifting my boobs, my cantaloupe boobs, like fondling them, playing with them. And later on in the evening, I saw the cat in the hat removed his mask and it was Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum was fondling and like motorboating my fake cantaloupe bosom for a solid six songs on the dance floor. So, um, you know, that's as close as I'll get to being motorboated by Channing Tatum and I'll take it. And congratulations to them. Not on the engagement, (laughs) on winning the award here. That brings us to our final category. The Heidi Klum Award for Halloween winner goes to... Wow, wow, wow. Imagine being the recipient of your own namesake award. This is big. This year, she went as a peacock, which didn't just require an elaborate mask, makeup, and feathers. She could have done that. No. Her costume required 11 other professional acrobats to serve as her wings. She literally entered her party standing on another man with 10 contortionists surrounding her to create the costume. Human labor. (laughs) At one point, like, they're walking the red carpet and they just broke off into tumbling lines. If you're a costume and a Cirque du Soleil show, you win. You know, that's it. So congratulations, Heidi, and to all of our winners of Phone a Friend's first ever celebrity Halloween costume contest that no one knew they entered. The Phone a Friend celebrity Halloween costume contest that no one knew they entered. I hope you all clear a space on your mantles for this non-award. What's next? What's next? This week I discovered something about my body that I didn't know before. I need to show my nipples more. And by my nipples, I mean hard, small foam nipples attached to the Skims Ultimate Nipple Bra. Kim Kardashian is full of titillating ideas, including this one that she launched with a teat new video. Excuse me, a neat new video. I'm introducing a brand new bra with a built-in nipple. So no matter how hot it is, you'll always look cold. Some days are hard, but these nipples are harder. 
Okay, I just need to say this video popped up in my feed because Jason, my producer, had liked it. <laughs> it was like, Jason liked this. It's, Are you interested? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's really great. It's, it's really good. great. But I, I also like the bra. Like, I'm like, double tap, you know? Areola la. <laughs> I watched Kim in that skin-tight turtleneck with those Jennifer Aniston circa 1996 nipples poking through, and I thought, damn, do I need this? Is this a look I should go for in my elder millennial years? Because she looks incredible. Those nips are working for me. I honestly thought like, oh, that's how I must look to my breastfed daughter when she sees me. Just nothing but nipple. Boobies. 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 <laughs> but sadly, because of Romy, if I let my nipples poke through my t-shirt, one would be near the collar, the other would be near the hemline. So Lord knows I could use the help from the ultimate nipple bra. Jason, mm -hmm. as someone who has never looked at me sexually, you reserve your male gaze for Kim Kardashian. Should I try the ultimate nipple bra or should I leave the inventory for the Gen Z girls? <laughs> I am all for you trying it. Really? Yes. You would not be like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Someone give her a sweater? I'm all for it. Wow. Thank you so much. That's the encouragement yeah. that I really needed. You know what? I've been thinking a lot about it. I think like this is the Gen Z. What, what hair extensions was to my generation, this nipple bra must be to the Gen Z girls. Because when I was young and single, if I would like hook up with a guy, I was always mortified if my clip-in hair ended up on the floor, which it often did. Like, Evan will still bring this up to this day. He claims I left Red Weave on the floor of his New York City apartment the first time I stayed over. <laughs> and then he had to find me again to give it back, like the modern-day Cinderella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but these girls are leaving their nipples on the floor. This is the next level. Like, brace yourself, boys. When you remove that bra, the nips go with that. But good luck to Kim and her ultimate nipple bra. If you see me poking through my shirt in the coming weeks, it's all natural. And Jason told me to. What's next? What's next? We never talked about the Skims men. No. Oh, Jason. Have you looked at the Skims men line? Did you investigate that? Yeah, it's like boxers and a t-shirt. It's like, okay. I mean, I'm absolutely obsessed with the fact that the Skims men line was launched and Jason checked out the website. Like, this is this is who it was for. <laughs> also, whoever that football player is, like, uh, goddamn, I need to watch more football. Yeah. If you do order Skims men, will you please report back and let us know when you're wearing it? Well, I mean, full disclosure, I tried, but it's also, it's sold out instantly. So <laughs> there's none left. <laughs> I'm so sorry for your loss. Hopefully she'll restock and um, now I know what I'm getting you for the holiday season. Let's move along. The other day I tumbled out of bed and stumbled in the kitchen. I poured myself a cup of ambition because I'm working nine to five just trying to make a living. Because that's what adults do. Shockingly, this is news to some younger people. Here's what's hot on TikTok. What's hot on TikTok?
a lovely young lady named Brielle, now infamously known as the 9 to 5 girl, <laughs> posted a video to TikTok that has gone absolutely viral, over 3 million views at the time of this recording. In the video, 9 to 5 girl breaks down into tears, complaining that because of her 9 to 5 job, she doesn't, quote, have time for anything. <laughs> the video has started a rather polarizing debate online, you know, because it's easy to sort of laugh her off for being young and lazy, but there could actually be a debate here. Like, she might have a point in a post-pandemic era, should five-day work weeks and nine-to-fives be a thing of the past? Let's all listen to Brielle's thoughts and feelings before I share mine. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, but this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college and I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me fucking forever to get there. So it literally takes me like I leave here, like I get on the train at 730 and I don't get home till like 615 earliest. And then like I don't have time to do anything. I don't I want to shower, eat my dinner and go to sleep. I don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either. Like I don't have energy to work out like that's out the window like I'm so upset. Oh, my God. I literally get off. It's pitch black. Like, I don't have energy. How do you have friends? Like, how do you have time to, like, meet, like, a guy? I don't know. Like, how do you have time for, like, dating? Like, I don't have time for anything. And I'm, like, so stressed out. And I'm also getting my period. So that's why I'm all emotional. But, like, am I so dramatic? It's fine. (laughs) It's clearly not fine. It's not. I am trying very hard not to react to this like a haggard old lady lecturing 9 to 5 girl. But I do feel like, can I just go off for a second, Jason? Yeah. Okay, this is where the the old haggard lady is coming out. Okay. I'm like, (laughs) 9 to 5, first of all, you should be so lucky to have a 9 to 5, okay? When I was your age, I worked 7 a.m. to 1 a.m. just trying to pay my dues, right? Like, just trying to make a name for myself. And just you wait until you have kids, nine to five, girl. You think you don't have time for yourself now or energy or friends or time to shower or exercise or like yourself? Just wait until you have to work that nine to five, then pour every other minute of the day into your damn kids. You've got it easy, child. You have nothing else to keep alive but you. Sorry, I'm just gonna back control of the old haggard woman (laughs) that came out. But that's like one of the arguments that a lot of people are making. At the same time, like 9 to 5 girl is of the COVID generation, right, Jason? She says her high school was remote. She says most of her time in college was remote. She's not used to having to leave the house all day. You know, I'm still not used to leaving the house. When I have to go somewhere for a shoot or a meeting, I'm like, you want me to what? Like, so I get that, right? Yeah. Jason, are you more like nine to five girl or old haggard woman? Um, I'm leaning a bit more towards nine to five girl, mm. but I ha- like I agree. Like post pandemic, it's hard to working remote and kind of like making your own schedule. It's hard to go back to that twelve hour grind. Yeah. That said, like you, when I was 20, 21, 22, I was like, I wasn't spent, like wasting my time complaining on TikTok. It's like, because it, I was 
that's when I was like the first person in the office, the last one to leave, like trying to, like you said, make a name totally. for yourself. Totally. Me too. Yes. That's when you're supposed to like hustle, you know? Yeah, because you have no other responsibilities. Yeah. But honestly, in this economy, she is lucky to have a nine to five. Like, yeah, there's that. There's so that. true. Listen, phonies, let us know what you think. Call the number in the description of this episode. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us your thoughts. Send me your DMs. Let's make this a conversation, you know? Except I know you're all elder millennials and you're probably with the, the haggard old lady on this one, but still want to hear your thoughts. And I'll just say nine to five, girl, with your nine to five job. I hear your plight and I wish you well. talk about someone that 9 to 5 girl definitely does not know. <laughs> Flava Flav. Flava Flav was invited to perform the national anthem this past weekend at an NBA game and it was flavorful. Listen to this. And the rockets red glare the bombers Okay, I'm just going to stop it right there. The best part is he's like snapping along. He's like, he's feeling it. Some people found his rendition to be a desecration of the flag, okay? (laughs) They considered it an attack on America. I found it to be the most patriotic thing I have ever heard. Nothing is more American, Jason, than like a former hip hop star turned reality star singing his damn heart out with no fear or shame. That's what's remarkable to me about it. He's singing trills. He's like thinks he's Mariah Carey out there. And what could be more American than shamelessness and delusion? That's (laughs) patriotism right there. He also said he was, quote, proud of myself because I didn't get none of the words wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I hope this performance of the national anthem goes down in history. And there have been some historical performances. So I thought it would be my civic duty to remind you of some other iconic national anthems as performed by celebrities. Let's start with the time Fergie performed her take on the Star Spangled Banner at the NBA All-Star Game in L.A. Who's brought stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight? Yes. She is singing Happy Birthday, Mr. President, but it is the national anthem. She is like fondling the mic in a tight black dress, like singing jazz, like through the ram parts we want. The best part is when they cut to the players and like Jimmy Kimmel in the crowd, everyone is trying desperately not to laugh. <laughs> like that is maybe one of the all-time greats. Let a flag still 
be remiss to not bring up J-Lo, who performed at Biden's inauguration, standing on the balcony of the White House. She sang a patriotic medley of This Land is Your Land and America the Beautiful, and at the end, just decided to work in a bit of her own 1999 hit, Let's Get Loud. From sea to My God, you have to imagine when she was like, I am singing at the presidential inauguration at the White House. You know, the only thing bigger than America is me. (laughs) So let's work in a little let's get loud to these patriotic anthems. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, it could have been worse. At least she didn't go, I love you, poppy. I love you, love you, poppy. You know, (laughs) God bless America, Jason. And God bless celebrities making historical patriotic songs their own. What's next? What's next? Okay, before we phone a friend this week, I just want to take a moment to talk about the friend that we lost this week. On Saturday, Matthew Perry died at 54. Suddenly, tragically, it really felt like one of those celebrity deaths that I think sort of unexpectedly shook us all to our core. Like, I don't know about you, Jason, but I just kept refreshing my feed in hopes that it wasn't true or it was like, uh, I don't know, a mistake. Just... Because he was so young, he had been open about his struggles with addiction, but he was very much in recovery and by all accounts doing well. And he was someone whose impact on friends as arguably, I'm going to say, the most consistently funny friend, right? Like Chandler Bing is Mm -hmm. always great. Yeah. He just sort of crossed generations. Like, there were those of us who grew up watching Friends, and then there's all these kids now who are discovering it, streaming. Like, he was beloved by everyone. He made a global impact. And there's something really sad, I think, about, you know, first and foremost, like, losing one of the friends. It just sort of signals the end of an era. And then in seeing all of these tributes and, like, this outpouring of love and support for him, it really reminds me of the conversation we had on this podcast two weeks ago about celebrating the people we love while we can, while they're alive. Because it really sort of strikes me that he was the kind of person who was, as we're learning this week, so beloved, so admired, but maybe didn't hear it as much during his life. And it's now sort of being shouted from the rooftops after he's gone. I had a personal connection to Matthew Perry. He cast me in the last sitcom he ever did. It was a remake of The Odd Couple starring him and Thomas Lennon on CBS. I had a part in the season finale. I don't even really remember what it was. I know I had like three scenes and I played a character with a Russian accent, which I believe was terrible. Like my apologies to the Russian peoples. I didn't know what I was doing, but being there on set for a week, you get to like, I watched Matthew at all the table reads in rehearsals. I I got to see him absolutely like turn it on and just come to life in front of this live studio audience when we taped. And I remember thinking like, this is a master of the damn craft. Like, uh, hard to understate how good this person 
was at his job and like truly unreal to witness it. And he was just so kind and complimentary and supportive of me the whole way through and of all the like guest actors. And he really wanted that show to be a success. It was canceled after my episode. I will take full blame for that. But I do want to tell you one quick funny story just because I feel like Matthew would appreciate it. Um, And that is... After we finished shooting, the audience cleared out, and I heard someone say, okay, cast photo. And I'm like, oh, okay. So everyone's kind of gathering on the main living room set. I kind of jump in the back. And then I realize, oh, my God, Jason, it's like just a photo for the main cast, okay? It is not for the girl who was in three scenes with a Russian accent. It's for, like, Matthew Perry and the main leads. But at that point, they're all there, and I'm too embarrassed to, like, step out in front of Matthew and everybody. So I see a balcony at the back of the living room set and I slowly like backwards moonwalk towards the back to exit through the balcony before they start taking the photos. And when I get there, I realize it is a fake set balcony and there is no exit, okay? It's just like a wood backdrop. And now I'm stuck there clinging to the side of the plywood of the fake balcony so nobody sees me and they're taking their pictures. And then I'm like, okay, everyone's gonna disperse and I'm in the clear to walk out. But no, Matthew Perry starts giving a speech like a beautiful speech about how much it meant to him to work on this show and to be part of this team. And then he starts giving out gifts to his cast members. And then he's like, oh, and now I want to talk about the crew. And he starts giving out gifts to the crew because that is the kind of guy he was. And the kind of girl I was was a girl who's now hiding on the fake balcony, like frozen and sweating for what felt like 45 minutes to an hour as Matthew celebrated the cast and crew of what would be his final sitcom. Um... The quote from Matthew that's been circulating is, quote, when I die, I don't want friends to be the first thing that's mentioned. He said, I want helping people to be the first thing that's mentioned. And not only did he help people with addiction, um, he helped little people like me along the way. And I will always be so, you know, forever grateful. So rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Oh, what's next? What's next? Okay, when Friends was at its peak, the only show to, like, swoop in and rival it in the ratings was The Bachelor. I have been a lifelong Bachelor viewer. I used to have these legendary Bachelor viewing parties every Monday night. Somehow I found time for those with my 9 to 5. I don't know, hmm, how I did it. But I did drop off the franchise for a bit, and then Gary the Golden Bachelor brought me back. So I wanted someone I could discuss The Golden Bachelor with because Jason, Lord knows you're not watching. (laughs) But also someone I could ask 28 years of burning behind-the-scenes questions I have about The Bachelor franchise. Probably too many specific sex-related questions about the fantasy suite, if I'm being honest. But these are the things I've been wondering for two decades. And they're the things I know I'm going to get answered in detail by the woman who has been called the most notorious villain in Bachelor history. Let's phone a friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. I am phoning Courtney Robertson Preciado. She was a model who dated A-list celebrities. You better believe I'm asking about all of them. And when she went on The Bachelor in season 16, she was presented as like the ultimate villain. People hated her. But plot twist, she went on to win Bachelor Ben Flanick's heart and got engaged on a mountaintop, as you do. When the relationship ended, she released the first real Bachelor tell-all book that had ever come out. She blew up everything about the show, the franchise, shocking details from behind the scenes. She didn't hold anything back. 
And if she doesn't hold back with me, this could be the most dramatic phone a friend ever. Hello. Hello, Courtney. Hi, Hi. Jesse. I'm so happy to talk to you. Like, truly, I have... I watched your season religiously. I know everything about you. (laughs) Can I just, like, dive right into it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Make a splash. (laughs) Because you have been called the most notorious villain in Bachelor history. Yeah. The most hated villain in television. And America's most iconic Bachelor contestant. Which would you most identify with? Hmm... I would say the villain one. Yeah. The notorious villain. The yeah. most notorious villain in Bachelor history. Yeah. I would go with that one. Okay. And I won it. So, and that was the difference is not a lot of villains win the show. And I think that that was pretty iconic. So there you go. So you are most notorious villain, but also America's most iconic Bachelor contestant. You're both. You're both. Right. And I want to dive into your season. But first, I have been a lifelong Bachelor viewer but I have never met a contestant from the show. Say what? I know. I have met, like, world leaders. I have met Taylor Swift. I might be the Uh, most excited to meet you. I have dated Bradley Cooper. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much for bringing that up. Because I literally have, like, 28 seasons worth of questions, mostly inconsequential details about the the behind-the-scenes of filming the show. So if it's it's okay with you, I would like to just get them out of the way with a rapid-fire game I'm calling... Will you accept this stupid question? (laughs) Will you accept this stupid question? I'd be honored. Okay, Courtney, as fast as you can, tell me. Is the Bachelor Mansion actually shitty? Yes. (laughs) It's a bit run down. There's only one, like, bathroom that's, like, kind of available to the contestants on night one. No. Um, Yeah, because the other one's upstairs, and the bathroom... It was like the toilet was clogged night one, like it was overflowing, <gasps> you know, and there's 25 women yeah. all using the same bathroom, trying to touch themselves up throughout the night. Drinking heavily. But I mean, the mansion, I mean, I've been to some nice mansions in LA my mm. back in my Hollywood days. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a total shithole, but <laughs> I've had better. <laughs> Oh, my God. We're off to a good start. Okay. Why does no one eat on dates? You eat before you go to the date. Oh. They don't want you eating on camera because it's not sexy or attractive to be. You can't talk while your mouth is full. Got so they, they kind of just make it look like you're eating. But the weird thing is, is they actually put food there that you would eat. A lot of the times, like, producers or somebody, like, camera crew will eat it w- once you're done filming that scene. Oh, good. It doesn't go to waste. No, it doesn't go to waste. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't go to waste. <laughs> do you get styled or do you have to pack, like, 14 sequin gowns? Gosh, I wish we got styled. Towards the end, yes. Um, they brought a gown for the, the engagement. Um, but, no, you can only bring two suitcases during my season. And they say pack for cold and pack for, like, tropical. Wow. In two suitcases? Yeah. Okay. Is there a dress code? Are there any rules about what you can and cannot wear on the show? No. They really encourage your own individuality. LOL. I love that they encourage your own individuality. It's like, do you want to have blonde long ringlets or brunette long ringlets? Like, there's not a lot of variety (laughs) on the show. Uh, Do you get hair and makeup? No. You do it yourself. 
Yes. And the thing is, is like the days are long. For me, having modeled for so long, you do touch ups throughout the day. Like I really was active and like, nope, I need to stop. I need to pat myself. I need to touch up my makeup. But some other people did not get the memo. Mm, There's some sheen. There is some sheen. Yes. How long are the rose ceremonies? Well, they get shorter and shorter as the women go home. Right. That's fair. But like night one, the sun is coming up. You can hear roosters crowing. I can't even imagine. I was so excited when people started going home because each cocktail party gets shorter and shorter. Right. Well, I know you were. You made it very clear that you were throughout the season. (laughs) This is just like technical. Again, these are really stupid questions that have kept me up at night. In the early rose ceremonies, how does the bachelor remember everybody's names? Does he have an earpiece? That is a great question, Jesse, and I don't think it's a stupid question. Thank you. Yeah, especially night one. So they leave, and then a producer, they they have, like, pictures and stuff back there. That's how they used to. And then the producers will tell them and remind them of the name, so then they'll come back. But you don't see that edit. Right. They don't remember all the names, that's for sure. (laughs) They take a pause, go back. Remember, actually, I think it was, like, in your time, they had the little rooms with the little framed photos of all the women, and they would go contemplate them before giving out roses. (gasps) Yeah, Taking me back. Okay, I heard this. True or false, do you have to get an STD test? You do. Um, You have to go through, like, a psych test, a background check. They do blood work, and... From what I remember hearing is if you had uh, herpes or something like that, like that you wouldn't get on. Wow. Okay. Last but not least, did you have sex in the fantasy suite? Clown question. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to buy a car without test driving it, honey. (laughs) Clown question. How many times? More Uh, than once? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like three (gasps) times, I think, at least. (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. And that is how you play Will You Accept This Stupid Question. (laughs) And you did, Courtney. You accepted all of them. I love that so much. Okay, okay. I mean, I have follow-ups about the fantasy suite, but let's ease into those. Okay. I want to talk about your time on the show. It is season 16. Ben Flanick, the floppy-haired winemaker. It's pre-Instagram, like just on the cusp of Instagram, so you're not competing against aspiring influencers who are trying to get a Revolve contract. These women are like... (laughs) (laughs) They're there to find love on television. And this is peak network television. Like 20 million people are watching you each week. Did you know in the moment that you would become, what did we go with? The most notorious villain (laughs) in Bachelor franchise history. Did you know? Sadly, I did not know. I was a little Mm. naive to the process. I never religiously (laughs) watched the show But, you know, I think that there's two parts. I think the girls had such a problem with me that there was just no way to not become the villain because they were all talking so poorly of me. Um, But when I started watching night one, though, even how they packaged me, like, I'm a model and I want a big diamond ring. I was like, that what they show versus what is filmed is like 2%. And the way they packaged me night one, I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, no. I'm you knew the- you were getting the yeah. villain edit immediately. Yes. <gasps> immediately. Night one, I was pretty shocked. <laughs> oh, but can I just say, like, in watching some of your scenes from the season, you're hilarious. Like, at one point, you say, quote, I just want to rip her head off and verbally assault her. I just want to rip her head off and verbally assault her. 
Like, it made me laugh. (laughs) I know. I did say some one-liners that got me in trouble. After the show started airing, the girls saw that, and then it made it worse. But, like, I I said to about one girl, like, who knew strippers could play baseball because she dressed really (laughs) skimpy. And so some people loved me. Some people hated me. But I was definitely very comfortable in my interviews. I mean, that was what was the beauty of you. (laughs) And, you know, you said it earlier, like, There have been many Bachelor villains, but none of them made it to the end. Right. You got the ring, which nobody expected. I don't even think the producers expected it because I felt like midway through the season, they started to change your edit. They were like, oh, shit. Like, And they tried to make you more likable because the villain can't win, right? Like, was that just me or do you think that happened? I was pleading for them to make it happen, actually. <gasps> because And they kept saying, like, don't worry. We are going to, like, you know, we got to throw people off and it's going to it's gonna start softening for you, softening for you. And I was like, it's not. I, I don't think there's anything I could have done differently. But towards the end of filming, I remember they said to me, would you be the next Bachelorette if he doesn't pick you? No. Yeah. I, they asked me that in Switzerland. That's where we got engaged. <gasps> So were you secretly hoping that maybe he wouldn't pick you and you could become the next Bachelorette? Or were you really in love? Uh, I, You know, looking back, I think that we did really, like, have, like, fall in love with each other. And I think he would say the same thing. You're just, like, in this, like, I hate to say trauma bonding, especially, like, with the way it played out for us. But, like— in the show, in the bubble, before it started airing, we were like on cloud nine. I wonder, like you said that you felt this real connection because of trauma bonding, which is so interesting. Yeah. How much of it is him and how much of it is the helicopters and the exotic vacations and the sequin gowns of it all? I will say, I think my people might be surprised that the dates are really short. Huh. It's a lot of preparation for very little time with The Bachelor. Like the juice really isn't worth the squeeze. I mean, don't get me wrong. You go to these amazing places, but you're spending most of that time alone in the hotel. The dates are pretty quick. Huh. I remember a night portion of our date being like 15 minutes. They filmed us having a drink. He was really tired that day. They put us in a hammock. We swung for about five minutes and that was it. <laughs> Quote, they put us in a hammock. Yes. <laughs> And, like, I remember he was like, I have an early date. He had an early group date the next day. And, but, like, I think people would be shocked to realize, like, how short the actual dates are. Um, the helicopters, even though that stuff, it's their short, short dates. This is just how the sausage is made. I love talking about how The Bachelor's sausage is made. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> I think it's also interesting, Courtney, hearing that you spend a lot of time alone, a lot of time apart. So when you are together, even if the date is short, the hammock and the helicopter is short, you really probably feel more of a connection than you would in reality, right? Because yes. like you've had so much time alone All you want to do is be with that person. That's a huge part of it as well. And you're living with the women that are also so jazzed on him. So like when it's your time, you just are like, oh, like this is what I'm here for. It's, I hate to say Stockholm syndrome, but like, you know, when you love, fall in love with your capture, like yes, your primary focus is (laughs) you have no cell phone. You can't read books. You can't watch TV. You can't like even read the rag mags. Like your whole focus is that person. <gasps> I mean, but him and I really just hit it off. I really liked him. I will mm-hmm. say that. We both liked wine. And he just was easygoing. Yeah. I will say the lead gets beaten down. It's a they get sick constantly. You don't see that. 
you know, you're making out with all these you're people. You're making out with all these people. You're on yeah. airplanes. You're mm. right. And oh, you're doing well, like, there's no downtime for them. It's like they travel, they film a date, then they do a group date. Then, and like, that's why they cut my yeah. hammock date short. They're like, oh, he's getting <sighs> sick or whatever. So they, they do get a little rundown for sure. Right. Well, as long as it's not herpes, we're okay. <laughs> so let's just get to the fantasy suites. You are in love. At that point, you know that you're like, you're in love with this man. You get to the fantasy suites where you have sex three, if not more, is what you said, I believe, no, times? No, definitely not more. Mm-mm. Okay, three times. Yes. That, which is still ext- very impressive. <laughs> Can I ask you this? Are you number one, two, or three of the women to go in there? I was number three. Oh, uh, I've always thought it would be terrible to be number three. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know it till after the fact. Ah. And I didn't know that he had slept with everybody until we were after we were engaged and the show had, the producer let it slip to me. (gasps) Did it bother you? Yeah, it kind of grossed me out. There must have been a reason he kept you till number three. Like, do you feel he wanted to keep the best for last? I don't know. That's a good question, Jesse. I don't. I don't know what the psychology behind that is. Um, mm. You would think that like he would have more energy if you want to put your, the, <laughs> if you want to put your best foot forward. You would think like. I mean, does he have days in between, or is he just straight banging for three back to back nights? I would love to know myself. I would love to know. Yes. because this is my other question, and I'm like, obs- I can't even tell you the excitement that is surging through my body talking to you about this. I- I've just been dying to know for so many years. Because I feel like sex is not a it's not a com- competitive sport by any means <laughs> unless you are in the fantasy suite on the bachelor because you got to give it like 110%, right? There was an argument to be made that a man in his 20s might just go for the person who's the best in bed. Yeah. I mean, they, it's equal exchange, right? <laughs> mm. I mean, mm. for me, like I said, I'm not going to buy a car without Test driving it. Thank you. Yeah, and we had already skinny dipped, and I did that early on because, you know, I just it would be nice to kind of see what we're working with, and so I knew from there on we would be fine. Like I was like, okay, oh, yeah. I mean, you don't want to make it to the end and then be like, oh my gosh, like he's gonna propose to me, and like for me at least, like sex is a huge part of a relationship. Yes. And in my 20s, especially, I was highly sexual. I had been in relationships where it was like very important. Um, but I brought lingerie. I, I packed an overnight bag. And I I don't know if this little floppy haired winemaker from, uh, <laughs> from Sonoma had ever experienced that, you know? I'm not sure. Yes. But I really brought my A game. I'm not going to lie. There's not enough air horn sound effects for this conversation. <laughs> I'm going to wear this thing out. Oh my gosh. Okay. But so I have to say something sweet. I will say he was like, he told me right away in the fantasy suite. Once they leave from filming, by the way, you have to like film the hot tub scene, the candles are lit, and then they finally leave. He told me early on, like after they left, like, it's you, like I'm madly in love with you. And like there were conversation. It wasn't just like a straight Toyota F fest, but um, oh my god! But then we decided. He told you that? Yeah. So he wasn't like I'm going to propose to you, but he's like I'm madly in love with you. And so <gasps> for me, it was like oh my gosh, like this is it. 
But I will say, like, we decided to stay up and talk all night. Like, he's like, let's stay up as long as we can so we can have the most time we can. Um, and then I fell asleep, like, or probably, like, around 4 o'clock in the morning. Oh, well, that you hung on for a while. Now that you are the mother of two children, can you imagine staying up and talking till 4 a.m.? I mean, Honey, I don't think I could happen. stay up till 11 talking. <laughs> no. <laughs> if I am not asleep by 10, it's a it's an emergency. Yes. It's, I'm not going to be able to function the next day. <laughs> In your best-selling book, I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends, Confession of a Reality Show Villain, which at the when that book came out, it was a huge deal. It was the first time anybody had kind of put anything out there that was honest about what was going on behind the scenes at The Bachelor. One thing that you wrote that people lost their minds over was that there were no condoms or protection available in the fantasy suite, which never even occurred to me, but like, I know. what? Yeah, it never came up. It wasn't a thing. I never asked him if he used protection with anybody else, but I'm guessing no. Yeah, there's right. nothing, not a... I mean, I that is wild. I didn't look for any, but it just wasn't even a topic of conversation. Yeah, that's that's wild. Wow. I mean, God forbid you had accidental baby flannick. Uh, that was a rumor, by the <gasps> way. You name it, I've heard it. Okay, I love that. Okay, so you get engaged literally. I mean, it's so ridiculous. You're like atop the Matterhorn in Switzerland. Mm, Cameras stop rolling, and this is it. You did it. You won. What happens next, mm -hmm. and when does the man that you fell in love with on camera, in your opinion, sort of start to change or reveal a different side of himself? I will say it really shifted when the show started airing. Like, as soon as I started getting the villain edit, he totally changed towards me, and that, <gasps> and that really sucked, you know? Yeah, he bought into it. He did. So when— when you eventually broke up, did you sell your $80,000 Neil Lane engagement ring? Ugh, I wish I would have kept the ring. I wish I would have been like, F you guys. You have to return it. So it's in the contract that no. if you're not together for three years, you have to return it to Mike Fleiss, the creator of the show. <gasps> so there's like a statute of limitations. If you stay together for a certain amount of years, you get to keep the ring. If you don't, you have to give it back. Yes. <gasps> Wow. And I wish, looking back, I wish I would have been like, you guys have put me through the ringer. I'm just keeping it. Come arrest totally. me. Totally. I don't care. Wow. Well, listen, Ben Flanick is still single, last I checked. He was romantically linked to Jennifer Love Hewitt and Kris Jenner, L-O-L-O-L. I know. But you, uh, Courtney Robertson Preciado, <laughs> also have famous exes. Yes. Is it true you dated Adrian Grenier of Entourage and Jesse Metcalf of Desperate Housewives. Yes, I, I'd say Jesse longer than Adrian, but I met them at the same after Oscar party, and uh, on the same night, same night, and I dated Jesse on and off for God almost over six years, and <gasps> maybe even longer. Um, I know he wasn't happy about my book, and I'm like, dude, I could have done you so much dirtier, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy put me through a lot. Um, wow. I mm -hmm. love that you just, like, found the two hottest, dark-haired, blue-eyed men of the mid-2000s and went for it. I know. Looking back, I should have probably spent more time with Adrian. Um, mm. But he was always in an open relationship. Uh, I'm, like, a one kind of man. You know, like, I, I can't share. Yes. I'm not into sharing. Right. Whereas Jesse was—he's more of, like, let's just be together, although he just couldn't stay faithful. Um, and I can't blame him. Look at him. He's a good-looking guy. But Okay, sure. <laughs> but Adrian Grenier was like living the fantasy suite life in real life. Oh, he was fun. Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. 
<laughs> yeah, and I've dated other since then. Um, I've had I've dated some other celebrities and some pretty famous musicians after the drop Bachelor. Names, drop I can't. Names, drop I know. Names, I can't. If what? I ever write another book, but I'd say much more famous than them. And <gasps> I know. I well, just, listen. I once dated Bradley Cooper, so I know what it's like, Courtney. I know. Just why like, were you trying to push booze on him? Uh, I know. I didn't do my research. That's why. I Twenty dollars, by the way, honey, couldn't get you many drinks these days. I love that you're like, I had $20 from MTV. That <laughs> was all that, th- it was a big deal to me. I was like, damn, okay. It was so I was about cute. to spend it. <laughs> well, um, it, unfortunately, sadly, it didn't work out for us. Uh, but I'm glad that you have had many other celebrity hookups, and I can't wait to read about them when you write your second book. <laughs> I Fair? just don't know if Fair? I can. I just, I don't know if I can. I'm, I love my husband so much. It's like, oh. Yeah. But okay, well, you now have a podcast, right? Where you're, get you will share things. Things can get dropped on your podcast. It's called After Reality. Yeah, you talk to a lot of other reality stars about how being on reality TV sort of changed their lives. How did it change your life? Like big picture. Oh gosh, where do I start? <laughs> it really brought me down to a pretty dark, low place. I was very depressed for a while. I mean, I was like on the cover of every magazine, the man eater. Yes, they called me the black widow. And but I really <gasps> think it's like, you know, like having being able to write my story and share and help people and like being so far removed and unaffected by it now is it's kind of yes. cool. I've been messaging with um Rachel Levis from yeah, that's, the scandal. Oh, you have. Yeah. <gasps> what did you say to her? So I just reached out to her offering support and like people are like, oh, you're going to get shit for that. I'm like, but why? Like she's human. Like when you watch that Vanderpump Rules finale, I don't know if you watched it. Yes. Oh, yes. It was pretty dark for her. Like the things like calling somebody like subhuman and like just getting like, that is really traumatic. And I know from Mm -hmm. doing the Women Tell All and having a live audience boo me, that shit sticks with you. And if you're not, if you don't have thick skin, that could really break somebody. (gasps) And I just reached out to her. And so we've, we've messaged, she's wants to start a podcast and I just want to help people in in any any way. And also the real reality of parenthood, because everything is not like a Instagram filter moment. Let's keep it real people. (laughs) Um, I can't go on without talking to you about the golden bachelor because I, I will admit I have sort of fallen off the Bachelor franchise, but then Gary from Indiana pulled me back in with his kind heart and robust hairline. Did you watch this week's episode? Have you been watching? I did. I'm up to date. And they're heading to hometown. So they're down to three. And They're down to three, which like this happened very quick. Yeah. Do, do you? I mean, I get it. Gary is seventy-two. He does not have much time. He needs to find love immediately. But I'm like, well, I feel like we just started. What is your <laughs> prediction? Because we're down to Teresa, Faith, Leslie. Leslie is the one with like kind of the flowy hair, right? Can you remind me? Yeah, Leslie's me? hot. Yes, and Leslie she's like kind of like hot. earthy, which I love. Yes. Like very kind of boho. And Teresa, though, I will say from the beginning, I thought was the front runner. I think he's going to pick Teresa, but I hope he picks Leslie. But don't you think like Leslie is like, she literally has three kids and three grandchildren and yeah. she looks better than me. Like she's smoking hot. I want There's her secret. hopes she doesn't win. I know. So that she can become the golden bachelorette because I'd watch yes. that too. Me too. You know what? You're okay. right. Fingers crossed. And I'm not looking at spoilers, but I could also see her at his lake house. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. And she's so into him. And like so... Gary is just 
The last episode, he's weeping at the rose ceremony. I'm like, is he the most genuine person on earth or just the best actor? Like, what is going on with I Gary? know. Is he a paid actor? Oh, my gosh. I really will say it makes me nervous that they keep making him drive everywhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that one, when the light went out, like, the lights weren't working on yes. this man's car. I, this man is 72 years old. You're putting him on L.A. freeways with a busted vehicle? What is happening? Yes, like, it made me very nervous. This is ABC Thank you, people. Courtney. Like, get honestly, to- I don't even want to drive at night because of my eyesight. <laughs> I'm nervous for him. You're right. Let's get him a driver, people. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> um, I really hate to ask you this, but do you think Gary has sex three times in the fantasy suite, Courtney? No. Okay. I don't think at yeah. this stage in the game, mm. it's really not about that. And it's more about a partner and connection okay. and cuddling. But you never know. I hope he does. Me too. At least thrice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like to end every call with a game um, that might make you uncomfortable. Okay. So last week I asked my guest to play Mary Fuck Kill, but this okay. week... I would like you to play the Bachelor version, which is... okay. Which former Bachelor would you give your final rose to, Mm. take to the fantasy suite and dump the next day, Mm -hmm. eliminate in week one? Mm. Your options are former Bachelor, now host, Jesse Palmer. Mm -hmm. Former Bachelor, now podcast host, Nick Vile. Former Bachelor, now gay, Colton Underwood. Oh my gosh, this is so hard. I thought I was going to just say, obviously, I'd take Tyler Cameron. Hello. I know, and he but was Tyler Cameron doesn't count as a bachelor. <sighs> but I think we would all take him to the fantasy suite and probably dump the next day, if I'm being honest. Gosh, this is hard. I think I would eliminate Nick Vile week one. Love that. Uh-huh, I love that for me, too. I think that I would... Mary Colton. <gasps> I'm married woman. I'm a married woman. He seems like fun and like whatever. And then Jesse would be the other one. Jesse, you're taking to the fantasy suite and dumping the next day? Yes. Well, I am shocked by this. Are you shooketh? <laughs> shooketh. Yeah. <gasps> what about you? Wow. This is Listen, tough, Jesse. I need I, to know yours. You I tell also me. Am, I'm with you. I am eliminating Nick Vile week one. There's something about him that's like too desperate. We're, yes. we're on seven seasons of the show. We're doing yes. the most. Get out of here. You're eliminated week one. He also has that, like, when he talks, he gets that, like, spit filled up in his corners. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I just have, oh a, I really God. have a hard oh time God. with that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Courtney, it's like season 16 all over again. I can't help myself. I am deeply attracted to Jesse Palmer. I hate myself for it, but i he's just, he's age appropriate for me. He does it for me. He's Canadian. So yes. I think I'm giving my final rose to Jesse Palmer. And then I think I'm just going to have one wild night in the fantasy suite <laughs> with uh, currently married to a man, Colton Underwood. I like your style. Thanks for sharing. You're so welcome. Thanks for asking. Thanks for playing along. Oh, anytime. Courtney... I love you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much for answering all of my questions. Oh, gosh. Happy to do it. Anytime. Her best-selling, I'm sorry, New York Times best-selling book is called I Didn't Come Here to Make Friends. You can get yours wherever books are sold. And you can find Courtney and her adorable family and hot husband on Instagram at Bug Robertson. Courtney, now 
we have to take a moment to say our goodbyes. Goodbye. Okay, bye. Courtney Robertson. I didn't want to say my goodbyes. I love nothing more than a guest who will tell all and go there. And she did, right? I mean, the time I've spent wondering about the mentality going into the fantasy suite, she answered it all without protection. So thank you, Courtney. After the break, a voicemail message puts Jason on blast. Jason, are you ready for this? (laughs) No. (laughs) You didn't know I was going to do this, did you? Uh. (gasps) You're not ready. Trust me, you're not ready. But guess what? It's next. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We're back and I am hashtag blessed to have Jason, my producer, on this podcast with me against his will. If we're being honest, like Jason, you only ever <laughs> wanted to produce the show, okay? True. That's what I love about you. You only ever want to be the behind the scenes guy who makes other people look good. But I dragged you onto this podcast with me. And Jason, you are the sonic gift that keeps on giving. If you disagree, let's check my voicemail. Check, check, check your voicemail. Hi, Jesse. It's Nicole from Ontario. Um, I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning, and I love it. I think you should make a special sound effect of Jason saying, oh, my God, uh, whenever you say anything truly outrageous. He says it with the exact same inflection every time, and it's hilarious. I don't know if I can do it properly, but it kind of sounds like, oh, my God. Um, Yeah. Thank you so much for always making me laugh, and I look forward to continuing to listen to your podcast. Bye. Yes, Nicole from Ontario. (laughs) Jason, thoughts, reactions, feelings? I didn't realize. Listen, when I can get a signature, oh my God, from Jason, I know I've done my job. 
That's really what drives me, to be honest. When I do like a calling all thirsty moms, I just try to make it so dirty (laughs) that Jason will gasp and or say, Oh my gosh, I (laughs) see. There it is. I do remember specifically last week when I casually mentioned used tampons on a dirty bathroom (gasps) floor. Oh my God. Is that a thing? I didn't realize. He gasped. Oh. He gasped even now. Oh, Jay. It's genuine. It's so genuine. You yeah. will never hear a fake gasp <laughs> or reaction from Jason. He's it's it's you're not capable of that. And I imagine they get cut out, but they make it. Oh, they make it every time. <laughs> no, no, now and now you better believe they're going to make it because <laughs> Nicole from Ontario has insisted. And now Per your request, Nicole, I have asked Rob, our technical producer, to put together a special sound effect of Jason saying, oh, my God. Enjoy. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, 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 my God. That's really funny. (laughs) It's so good. And yes, we will use that. We will use that in future episodes. So thank you, Nicole from Ontario. My new producer, by the way, Nicole, just jumping in with a pitch. We love to hear it. (laughs) Love to hear it. And I love to hear from you. Keep the voicemails coming. Jason, I hate to do this because I've, you know, trashed this song on several occasions on this very podcast, but I think to commemorate my family Halloween costume this year, we have no choice but to end this episode with Better Place by the band from Trolls 3. Would you agree? agree? The whole band. Okay, you're on board. Okay, are you going to oh my God me or you're okay with that? Well, let's hear the song. Okay. It's some kind of love. It's some kind of fire. I'm already up, but you lift me higher. You know I'm not wrong. It's a groove. It's a vibe. Okay? Listen, my six-year-olds like it. I don't know if that makes it a great song or a terrible song, but please, stamp of approval from them. Huge thanks to Courtney Robertson for being the icon, legend, bachelor villain that she is. Thank you, Jason. Equally iconic as my producer here on Phone a Friend. And thank you all. Oh, please, as always, for listening. We did it. Jay, we survived Halloween. In one piece. And now we have weeks worth of Halloween candy to steal from our children because we don't want their teeth to rot. It's an act of service. Their body is a temple. My body is a trash can. So steal that chocolate until the holiday chocolate starts rolling in. Tis the season. Um, Okay, now I'm literally turning off the microphone, rushing out to the airport. I am flying to Calgary back next week, and we'll talk on Thursday. Right, Jay? See you next Thursday. Have a great week. Bye. Just let me take you to a... Friend was created by our mom Jessie Cookson. The executive producers are Jessie Cookson and Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Pat. The amazing theme song and sexy interludes are by Jay Melanowski from Badwin Sound Clash. Phone Friend is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Credits are by us. 
Ray Gatika and Rio Gatika were her kids. That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening. Okay, see you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.